0: Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless how far would you go for love you steal truck bring it to me then you make your money is it dangerous
1: of course it's dangerous
0: nicholas holt felicity jones with ben kingsley and anthony hopkins all this trouble all this pain for love collide in theaters friday rated pg-13 may be inappropriate for children under 13 when you're running your own business you're bound to be busy too busy Too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com.
1: Our fantasy basketball podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoHoops when you deposit for a free contest entry today. Man, we're already laughing, Shannon. We're not We're not going to make it through a whole pod today. Yeah. Um, this is going to be heavily edited, I can tell. It is Friday, January 22nd, 2016. Of course, I'm DJ Trainer, joined on this particular Friday by Shannon. You can find Shannon on Twitter, at RotoShannon. Just got back from Dallas. Big big conference. How'd it go? Big FSTA conference. It was great. It was great. Um all the legal insanity
2: of the industry is kinda of hectic right now, but it was a good conference. Good to meet up with everybody. Uh, catch up with all the folks in the industry. Cuban was there. He did the yeah.
1: keynote speech. Way way taller than I thought he would be. Really? Yeah, he's like six three, six four. Well you know when when we went to Vegas this past summer, he stayed in the hotel and a lot of a lot of Rotowire guys saw him, I think, um, went up to him. But yeah, six four? He's he was
2: tall. Like I I mean, normal height, whatever normal height is. I mean, most people are normal height at think, this FSTA conference. There's not many, like, giants <laughs> walking around, right? This particular conference, yeah, right, their yeah. average, average height. So, you know, it, it's Cuban. You're going to recognize him regardless. But it was super easy to pick him out of the crowd because he was, like, four or five inches taller than everybody else, which I, I was just surprised by. I didn't expect that.
1: That's really interesting. I suppose you travel so much for things like this, you probably have legitimate friends that you just see once a month or something like that in random cities around the U.S., I'm assuming. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. When I was single, they were mostly ladies. Okay, but I'm married now, yeah. so that's
1: married what. man, happily married, just bought a new house. You're locked in. You're locked <laughs> yeah, in for life, bud. Get yourself in trouble. <laughs> I'm sure she listens to this spot every week. Uh, anyways, <laughs> formalities here. The podcast that you're listening to right now that has already derailed itself is available on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find it on the Rotowire website itself. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. We'd love to have it. So, quick overview of the show. We're going to go over a couple random topics. We're going to jump into some breaking news because there's a lot of injuries to discuss for this Friday slate of games. And then always. On this Friday pod, whether it's with Ken or with Shannon, we're going to go over some DraftKings DFS picks for tonight. So that's the rundown. Shannon, let's jump into some broad topics. Before we get to the random
2: topics, so looking at the rundown sheet, the note sheet, there's a leftover note, just from like a month ago, I think, and it's the RotoWire Wednesday Night Hoops Value Meter. Clay Link, number one player overall. I I don't think he is, but... But who is? I missed this Wednesday. How, how did you guys play? How things go?
1: Uh, well, we couldn't fill out a ten, we, <sighs> so it was eight guys, and we were. I was dog tired. I'm just there to work out, and so I got. I got my fill in. It was good. It was. It's all right. We played on the slippery court where everyone's afraid that they're just going to blow out their knee.
2: Yeah, it's not fun. Gompers, the the rubber court wasn't available? No. Ah.
1: yeah, No, we literally play on a rubber court and all us old guys just love it. It's great on the knees, man. It's, it's fantastic on the knees. Well, anyways, that note is in there because me and Nick joke about talking about that on this pod, okay. but nobody out there would appreciate it. So we always just leave it up there and kind of laugh, but we never mention it. It's I'm, the first time it's ever been mentioned on this podcast.
2: So who is number one for you? I think I, you're pretty high up there. No, no. I just, like, I shoot the most. That doesn't mean I'm I'm I'm
1: not good. Um, not that anybody's going to know. I would say Ross or Nate, probably. No, let's go with Roto-Wire specific guys. Oh, ben- Chris Benzine. You might know him from here. <laughs> you might know him from his DFS podcast on, on the site. You don't think Waylon's number one? Oh. I'll give it to Waylon. No, I'm t- <laughs> The only thing I ever do on podcasts is trash Whalen. I am not about to talk him up. the The NBA
2: player comp, so mine for Whalen is uh, Derrick Rose. Um, Okay, he pre injury Derrick Rose, like Derrick Rose, who could get to the rim whenever he wanted to, but he also had the suspect three point jump shot. So you just that's how you that's how
1: you up Whalen, everybody.
2: Okay, just let him shoot jump shots, let him shoot threes. There might be nights when he's knocking him down, but it's way better than letting him drive past you every time.
1: Yeah, no, Waylon is very good at basketball. That's okay. Uh, basketball is not my sport. I would say that I'm easily the worst Roto-Wire player. I don't think it's really close. Of the guys that continually play, I think I'm easily the worst. There are guys who have come, and and they're not regulars now. And for for
2: obvious reason, they're not regulars. So you're not the worst, not even close to the worst. Trust me.
1: He didn't see me last night. Eight, <laughs> four on four, I get very exposed when you when you actually have to <laughs> handle the ball. Anyways, let's talk about the real players here. Um, one thing that's switching up in the NBA season, I think it's catching people by surprise, is something that ABCs, is launching and tomorrow on saturday they're doing nba prime time chicago versus cleveland now shannon we both have nba league pass we watch any game we want to but in terms of the nba progressing its brand and all that good stuff prime time on saturdays what do you think about it i'm loving it it's new i mean i've
2: always i always like the treat of um, you know, after football ends, there'll be some Sunday basketball. I love that. So that that's coming too. Um, but the Saturday thing's new. I love it, man. I think it's great um, for the folks that don't have league pass. This gives you just another opportunity to watch a nationally televised game. Um, I mean, the only down part about it is it's going to be the same teams that you always see on nationally right. televised games. Right. Um, you know, a lot of Cleveland, San Antonio, uh, I see Clippers mixed in there quite a bit. The Golden Lakers State. are on
1: there, the Knicks, way yeah. far too many times. It's,
2: it's like like my team, Pistons, and this is why I have to have League Pass, um, they had their first nationally televised game a week a week or so ago. And they a it, solid team. It, it was like the first nationally televised game in like six years or something absurd. I couldn't believe how long it had been.
1: Yeah, the Lakers even, you know, three-quarters of the way through the season trying to, you know, jockey for draft lottery positions, still pull bigger numbers than right. our contending Pistons team. And whether we like it or not, that's certainly the case. But Chicago-Cleveland should be a good matchup. I mean, if the first time around, this is a pretty solid matchup. I mean, is there any other ideal matchup? You, I mean, Warriors-Cleveland would be a good one, or Warriors-Spurs. But other than those two, if you exclude the Warriors altogether, Chicago-Cleveland has got to be pretty high up there.
2: Yeah, it's, if, especially if you focus on just the Eastern Conference. They're right up there, sure. I, I uh, Cleveland for Cleveland after seeing the way they got manhandled by Golden State and San Antonio in the recent matchups I'm, I'm just like like nothing matters till the playoffs anyways but I don't I just feel like it's Golden State and San Antonio nothing else matters this season that's that's that series is actually going to be the finals
1: yeah no I can't wait they still play four more times we're going to see the very first of that four one of those four matchups Monday I cannot wait for that uh Man, I cannot wait for that. I'm clearing out the schedule. Um, I will say... I do want to ask you, and I know I bring up topics from earlier in the week, but I really want to know everybody else's perspective. I think that those losses for Cleveland is better than if they win those games in the long term because they're going to practice harder. They're going to work on team chemistry more throughout the year. And in the long run, I think it's actually better for the Cavs to lose those games and get embarrassed than it is for them to win and think they're all good going into the playoffs. What do you think? The way they got embarrassed
2: worries me. Um, But, you know, I I can see that. I can see that viewpoint. I don't disagree with it. Um, Like things like revenge, revenge games and and things like that. Extra motivation. I believe in that stuff. Um, As a subpar athlete myself, (laughs) like that kind of stuff motivates me. So I totally get it. Like, I think it's great. But I don't, I don't. I I just don't believe so. I think it's San Antonio and Golden State are just light years ahead of any other team in the NBA right now and it won't matter. Like even even that just won't matter.
1: Yeah, historically good teams. I mean, we're talking two of the best regular season teams of all time here. I will say there's something to be said for putting the Warriors poster up on your training room and being motivated and embarrassment. I mean, these guys don't get embarrassed. They're professional athletes. They're, they're you know, the cream of our society, if you want to say that. They don't often get embarrassed. And when they do, and if they're motivated to change that, you know, change that, I think it's a dangerous night. I, 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 that's why I think it's good. But only time will tell.
2: The one thing is we don't know what's going to happen. So last year, you know, the Cavs lost Kevin Love. They lost Kyrie Irons. It was just LeBron in those finals. Yeah. So this year that could happen. Golden State. Maybe Draymond Green gets injured. You know, who knows? Thompson maybe. Um, Even Curry. So and then if that happens, that they're a completely different team. Yes. Um, It was just disappointing to see the the Cavs play that way when they had they had everybody at their disposal really disappointing
1: yep because we were all waiting for them to have everyone at their disposal they did didn't work out i'm excited to see how they progress if they do at all if they make any personnel changes um we got a lot to talk about did you want any lasting thought on that or should we move on to all stars? let's let's move on so another random topic here all-star rosters starting five i should say for each conference were announced last night let me just go over them quickly in case you haven't heard although i'm assuming you have front court for the east is lebron james Paul George, Carmelo Anthony The backcourt is Dwayne Wade, Kyle Lowry The frontcourt for the West is Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant And Kawhi Leonard sneaking in there over Draymond Green Zaza Batulia actually finished 4th in the voting ahead of Draymond Green And the guards for your Western Conference All-Star team Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook Biggest surprise on this final result Are you surprised that Leonard actually snuck up in there? I am surprised because I still don't feel like he's a household name. Like,
2: I mean, everyone who plays fantasy basketball knows who Kawhi Leonard is. Um... You know, people who own League Pass know who Kawhi Leonard is. And this is, is his
1: first selection, and he's instantly a starter. Yeah,
2: yeah, which is amazing. And But if you look at guys um, like some friends of mine who maybe they'll go to a Pistons game or two, you know, they'll watch a dozen Pistons game every season, but they don't watch nationally televised, na- nationally televised games. A lot of those types of people still vote on this all-star stuff, and that's why you see those star-studded um, long-term superstars make it. And Kawhi Leonard's not that yet. He should be. He is, like,
1: performance-wise, he
2: is. Mm -hmm. And it's good to see him get that recognition.
1: Yeah, me and James really dove into this topic on yesterday's podcast. If you want some more info on that, feel free. But the funny thing is we named who we thought the best player who was going to get snubbed out of the starting five. And we both thought Kawhi wasn't going to be in the starting five. And here right, he is, Brent. Right. He, he made it. Zaza Pachulia, is he deserving of the number four spots? No. And if his name wasn't Zaza,
2: he wouldn't even come close to getting number four spot in total votes. Yeah. There's no
1: way. Hashtag NBA vote Zaza is just too easy to type in. It's funny. I mean, I was in Dallas,
2: and even on the uh, the cab ride back to the hotel yesterday, uh, the driver he couldn't stop gushing about Zaza. Like, they love Zaza down there. Everyone just loves Zaza. Ken Kreitz, Ken K-Train, Uncle Ken, he was, uh, after after the game, he made us go to three different uh, pro shops in the arena because he wanted a Zaza jersey T-shirt. They didn't have any. But
1: it, how did it, they not have any Zaza T-shirts?
2: I have no idea. They had Berea, but no Zaza. So hey, I guess he hasn't been with the team long enough
1: next year. No way. No, no. I, I know. I agree. It's weird, but... They, no, no, Zaza. He finished fourth in All Star voting in, in the front court in the West. So you got to get he's some T
2: shirts. He's a big, ugly, dope. He's got some good, like he makes some good quotes. Like, I can see why he's a fan favorite. But if his name was george johnson he would not have been fourth in the front court voting for all stars in the west
1: so last nba game i caught was the mavericks against the bucks and i had some nice tickets and i was sitting behind um sitting behind the dallas bench and it's it's really fun to sit behind a bench because they don't really care they they're just at, you know messing around but as you know milwaukee has a, somewhat like a student section they call it uh Cream City or something like that where Milwaukee essentially pays for their tickets and they just lose their mind right mm-hmm. so they were chanting sit down Zaza to him because he was standing up on the bench and he turns to them just straight up just swears at him just does <laughs> not care just yells at him starts swearing at him and then he sat down anyway but um Cream City
2: did you say cream like cream uh what is it I don't know I, I don't know but Cream City just that takes me to other places that we can't go
1: not okay. This, we're, this we're, is a PG <laughs> podcast. Uh, I have to look it out, of course. I, I think it's something like that. It's that big crew that
2: Bogut first
1: started. Yeah, Bogut yeah. first started, and then it got traded away. And they're like, well, we, you know, we still have to pay for these tickets, and they kept it alive. It's really cool because, I mean, NBA arenas are, are kind of dormant unless you have a section going crazy and starting chance. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was, um, that little
2: group was initiated at a time when you could go to a Bucks game. And if you went to a Bucks game in January on a Tuesday night, there would be 5,000 people there. So that's when they started that group. Um, it's a little bit different when you go to Bucks games now, um, but there's plenty of arenas that are still like that in the NBA. Um,
1: all right. right. Let's Yeah, what, we got to move on. Sorry, these I
2: just... No, these all-stars. Let's, all right. So who got, who got snubbed then? Who should have been in the starting lineup? that didn't get voted
1: in uh taking a look at it here I mean Draymond Green over Kobe Bryant I think is a pretty obvious one um right Right. we all know why Kobe got voted in um Um, but yes Draymond you would think he's I mean he's a top five MVP guy this year oh for sure he's top three I think it's Curry Kawhi and Draymond and it's you know it's a race to the finish essentially who stays healthy um Andre Drummond, I think, has to be the biggest one, right? And, yeah,
2: and my my argument, we were talking about this before the show, is I wish they still did centers. I don't want three forwards in there. I don't want to see LeBron and Durant do the tip. I want two traditional centers in there. So, you know, you've got a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, totally – deserving, totally deserving yeah. of, of starting an all-star game. He would have been a great center to have in there. Same for Andre Drummond, like far and away the best center in the East this year. So it's, it's and I'm a Pistons fan, so I'm disappointed about it. He had the third spot for so long until you had that big New York push towards the end of the voting.
1: Yeah, it's it's just the way it is. Um, we, you know, we talked about this a little bit. Paul Millsap, again, James Henderson thinks that he actually could be a starter or should be a starter. Atlanta, if you're listening from Atlanta, I'm sorry, but you know what? It's just one of the worst markets. He finished 15th. And his numbers, if he did a blind test, good. Our all-star starters' numbers. I yep, mean, yep. Portat, Damari Carroll, Jakeem Noah, Valanchunas, Giannis, Whiteside, Love, Bosh, Perz- well, Porzingis makes sense. All finished ahead of him. Only Sapp. forty-one thousand votes. Like that, those were like accidental
2: votes. No one voted for him on purpose. It, it's it's embarrassing that he only had 40, 41,000 votes.
1: It truly is embarrassing, and that's that's an appropriate word to describe <laughs> this. I mean, and it's but it, it's a weird. It's I. Have like looking at the vote
2: totals more than than anything else because you see guys like you see that anomaly that Millsaps 15th and you've got guys like carol noah ahead of them i mean some of the other guys ahead of them you could argue they're all all-star worthy um, looking at the east guards you have guys like jeremy lynn finish finish eighth jeremy lynn's not worthy of being a top 10 guard vote but not even close no but he got it because he's popular um he's been popular ever since his breakout with the knicks that's just that's going to happen uh on the on the Western Conference, I think it's it's odd to see like Enes Cantor seventh yes. in the front court. That's weird. Zaza fourth is really that's the one that really sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Um, but a lot of those front court guys are names you would expect. Even a guy like Harrison Barnes finishing in the top fifteen that's just that's just recognition for being on a championship team. Yes. You know, Golden State's really popular right now. West guards. Ginobili's on there at number six that's ridiculous but he he's got the name value everyone knows who he is i mean it's it's odd you've got like lillard finishing 10th in guards that's absurd he's having a great season um i just i I, he's gonna be on i i would have to imagine he's going to be on the final roster
1: yeah he was a very very late addition last year um and you know, the commissioner had to put him on the list. I mean, it was a commissioner pick after the injury settled down and all this stuff. Um, one last thing on this, and we'll move into some breaking news. Um, I'm trying to pull it up here. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it in a timely timely fashion. Um, essentially, what I wanted to ask you is, Rajon Rondo, I don't think he... Do you think he's going to be an all-star? And he has been. I think he's a four-time all-star right now. If you look at his numbers, they're just as good as they've ever been at any year when he was with Boston. I mean, they're completely comparable. Uh, I want to pull them up here just so I can, you know, save face and, and, and prove myself. Um, so bear with me just a couple more seconds. So this right now is 12 points, six and a half rebounds, 12 assists. It's I mean, it's the exact same numbers if you look from the 2011-2012 season with Boston. His numbers are the exact same, and he actually has two more rebounds per game. He wouldn't be a bad
2: pick, but I would be – if he gets in over a guy like Damian Lillard, I think that's wrong. Lillard is top—he's he's number six in the NBA in scoring this year. Number six. He's averaging 24.3 points per game. More points per game than Russell Westbrook. Like, no one knows Damian Lillard's doing that good. I feel like it goes—yeah, it, it's— He's underrated because he's on the Blazers. They're not a good team this year, but he's really stepped up with Aldridge down to San Antonio now. So Willard's a guy he's got to get on. I mean, James Harden's going to get be one of the backup guards. There's a lot of backup guards that I personally think should go ahead
1: of Rajon Rondo. All right, fair enough. I just... I don't think we're, Rondo's getting enough love, and maybe that's his own doing for, I guess you could say, on-the-court issues. And he's, all he's good. He's good. There's no, no doubt about that. But, but if we go back to 2011, we're thinking, this guy's the best point guard in the league or one of the best point guards wow. and all this stuff. They,
2: see, I don't believe that. I think that was because like, he's in the Boston market. Well, I,
1: okay, well, he was a max player back then, right? Like, easily a max player. And so do you think he should be now? I don't think he
2: ever should have been a max player. I didn't think he was back then either. Okay. I think he benefited from being playing with a lot of really good teammates. Three egos. Yeah, in Boston. That's that's where, like, so everyone, he had this championship pedigree because he played with Hall of Famers on a really, really good team. Um, now you see him putting up these stats. They're somewhat hollow because he's playing on a Kings team that's not winning. And, yes, they're good stats, but I don't think he's necessarily – a good player I think even like Dallas last year Dallas wasn't a horrible team They were a decent team Last year uh, But it had nothing to do with him Like when he played With them It didn't make them better I, I don't think he's good He still can't shoot the ball His defense In my opinion It's always been overrated Because he's been A big steals guy Sure Um
1: I, I'm not a Rondo fan. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so before we move on here, uh, Cream City Clash is what that fan student section, it's a pseudo student section, and the chance that they chanted towards Zaza, the Bucks actually apologized for, for their behavior. That's the one thing. I, I was actually surprised because their p- tickets are paid for, so they can't swear or, or do anything derogatory, and they kind of were doing some derogatory things to Zaza, so they ended up apologizing. Yeah for them cream city that's the title sponsorship from the strip club right down the street (laughs) come on their colors are green and cream i think is technically their colors so if that's if that's where we're going we need to move on here do you need a website i'm good i'm good you're good all right all right why not do it yourself with wix.com if you (laughs) Come on. No, I do need a website. I didn't realize we were trying. Yes, I do. I do need a website. Yeah, you didn't realize we were doing a read here, huh? Uh, No matter what business you're in, Shannon, uh, Wix.com has something for you. It's used by more than 75 million people worldwide, or according to Nick Whalen, just 75 people worldwide. He'll get that read down one day. Uh, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made, customized, templates to choose from. The drag and drop editor is a great feature. There is no coding needed whatsoever. You don't need to be a programmer or a designer to create something beautiful on Wix.com. You can do it yourself. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're too busy, of course, uh, too worried to work. Too busy to worry about your budget, scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business. So feel free to head over to Wix.com to do it for yourself. Wix.com, create your own websites today. The result is truly stunning. I'm going
2: to go create my Cream City Fan Club website on Wix right after the podcast.
1: I was going to drop that in there, and I thought it would just be best just to move along. (laughs) Move along. Didn't do it. Um, Ken's brother actually created a website. Wix.com. Did you know he's a fire breather?
2: Yes. Yeah, he's a circus clown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does like the the Las Vegas circus stuff, <laughs> Cirque du Soleil type things. Yeah. yeah. It it makes sense. I guess it makes, I guess. It I mean, makes a Ken's lot of sense. Ken's kind of Ken's kind of weird and out there. I mean, not on on the face on the surface, he's not. No. But it doesn't surprise me that his brother like. Like I understand just, that coming it's Ken, from that family. It's I guess. essentially
1: Kent's alter ego. Yes. I, and I agree. Um, so we're going to go into some breaking news, Shannon. Like I said at the beginning of this pod, um, lots of injury news. Essentially what I'm going to be doing here is just reading off of our website of all the breaking news that we have. If you want to check this breaking news out anytime throughout the day or throughout the week, feel free to go to com forward slash pod and you can get free 10 days trial access to the website. Let's jump into it. Shannon kicking it off with Kobe Bean Bryant. He's listed as probable for Friday's game against the Spurs. DFS consideration. Are you hot or cold on Kobe Bryant this year?
2: He's pretty affordable right now, and it's because he's always questionable. He's set out some games. You know, he's left some games because of injury. So I, I if you know he's going to play, I actually think he's a decent value on a lot of nights. Spurs game, not as high on him I think it's going to be a blowout, of course. Um, Spurs lead the NBA in blowouts. They, they lead the NBA in 10-point wins, 15-point wins, 20-point wins, and 25-point wins. Um, That's so, the best differential of all y- time. Yes, it's amazing. So I don't expect this to be a close game. With that in mind, I don't see them running Kobe out there for 35 minutes if he's dinged up.
1: Here's my thing with the Spurs, especially in any team that's facing the Lakers, if you want to win the game, just let Kobe shoot. I mean, literally just give him the space to shoot, and I mean just let him take as many shots as you want. I think Popovich is smart enough that he knows that, and he still will let Kobe have his day in the sun, and so I don't know. For DFS considerations, Kobe is a very legitimate play every single time he plays. On DraftKings, Kobe is only
2: 5,600. That's super cheap. He's averaging nearly 29 fantasy points per game. You look at other guys in that 50 that mid to upper five thousand dollar range They all average 24 23 25 fancy points per game So he's by far the most productive on average out of those guys The matchups a big part of it and why he's cheaper tonight. Yeah I mean he's done. Okay against the Spurs this season he, He's faced him one game 29 minutes 25 fantasy points. That's okay That's about what he's averaging per minute wise uh, th- this year I just don't see him doing much tonight. It's going to be... It's just not even going to be close. The game's not going to be close. The Spurs are the number one team against shooting guards on DraftKings. Yeah, so, a lot of is it? Yeah, a couple oh, other right. positions too.
1: There's just, there's just
2: no way. I'm not, I'm not plugging them in tonight. I like the dollar value. It's just, I have to avoid that matchup.
1: Fair enough. Moving on then, George Hill, who has been ruled out for Friday's game against the Warriors, is expected to rejoin the Pacers in Sacramento for Saturday's game against the Kings. Hill is out with a personal or for a personal issue Uh, we'll just keep it moving though so expect him back on Saturday but not tonight on Friday Goran Dragic with that calf has been ruled out of Friday's game against the Raptors sticking with I'll read through the heat here Shannon Hassan Whiteside with his oblique injury is out for Friday's game as well Dwayne Wade is currently questionable Bino Udry is listed as questionable as well after the dust settles or where we stand right now is there any players that you you know if you're looking at the depth chart is just Justice Winslow an option. Gerald Green, I think, who also has a knee injury and is questionable for this game as well. Isn't Dang questionable as well? Dang is questionable as well. So you have to think that there's got to be some players who don't normally see minutes that would tonight. Are you going to be looking at them?
2: Tyler Johnson's one guy where, especially if all of these guys sit, Tyler Johnson's the guy. I mean, he's gotten a lot of run the past couple games. He hasn't done much with it. Um, The run has actually made, the minutes that he's got the last couple games, he played played 39, 34, and 35 minutes the past three games. So he's getting tons of minutes, but he's only averaging about 20 fancy points per game over those three. That kind of, I mean, his price keeps going up because he's getting the minutes, but the production hasn't been there. That said... If everyone sits, I mean, if Wade sits, Udra, we already know Drogic is out. If all of those guys sit, then I love Tyler Johnson
1: yeah he kind of has trouble with fouls and i know he hasn't fouled out of any of these games even though he's played large minutes but sometimes he gets into early foul trouble and it just it scares you from that perspective i I don't know is that something that you're concerned with or i mean he hasn't had more than four fouls over this stretch where he's played minutes Um, but i know that was a major concern a couple nights ago i think it might have been against milwaukee yeah, I mean, he's had a couple decent games, 27, 28, 29 fantasy points, but he's had
2: trouble putting it all together. So, you know, he'll he'll have 14 points, 5 assists, but he won't get any steals. He actually doesn't get many defensive stats. So he just needs one of those games where he had you know, 15, 5, and 5 with two steals, and then you're getting a steal at 5,600. Um, it's possible. I mean, he's going to get the minutes if all of those guys sit. So I would watch the Miami injury report. If if two of those guards we so we know Dragic is out, if if Wade or Udra sits, one of those two sits, I'm thinking about using Johnson. He's not necessarily a must play. If all three of those guards sit, yes, I'm plugging them in no matter what.
1: There we go. You heard it from Shannon, and of course you can catch that news on Rotowire. We have daily lineups that get green lit once they're confirmed, and of course the player notes are up there as well. So head over to Rotowire to see what ultimately happens happens. Looking at the Charlotte Hornets team, Jeremy Lamb is questioning with a toe injury going up against the Magic tonight, this Friday. Batum is out with his toe injury. Cody Zeller has also been ruled out. And it looks like Spencer Haas will likely start at center. I know we're going to jump into some positional plays tonight. Um, So even though Haas is starting, you still kind of like Kaminsky more so than Haas tonight? Yeah, Kaminsky's still the play. Kaminsky's been getting more minutes. Uh, He's been really productive in
2: them. I see him getting about 35 minutes tonight. And with that, he might have 20 20 points, 8 rebounds. I think he's a solid play. Also, like Jeremy Lin with Batum out, um, there's some risk. He's had had duds even when Batum sits. um, But Jeremy Lin's kind of the guy. He's the guy who's going to benefit there. Uh, It also means... Kemba is gonna have a crazy oh, crazy yes. usage tonight. So he's not cheap. I think he's around eighty one hundred on DraftKings, but he gets more consideration if all of these guys sit
1: yeah, and, you know, you might think Lamb. Well, Lamb is questionable with his toe injury, but when Batum sits out, it's usually Lynn who sneaks into the starting lineup, mm-hmm. not Jeremy Lamb, so keep an eye out for that. But we're talking about a lineup of Lynn, P.J. Harrison, Marvin Williams, and Frank Kamitsky with Walker. Walker's taking a lot of shots. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Dwight Howard has been ruled out for Friday's game against the Bucks, and that's truly a shame considering the Bucks are one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. Which means, as as you've noted here, Clint Capella's is on your radar.
2: Yeah, I've got to start Clint Capella. That's when I love to use him. Is when Dwight Howard's out. Even in those those games, you know, Dwight, Capella was still starting at power forward a lot alongside Dwight Howard. But Capella himself has come out and said he prefers to play center. So that's what he's going to play with Dwight Howard out, as you mentioned. Bucks are horrible
1: rebounding team, so Capella, I think he's going to dominate on the on the boards, man. Capella's six eleven, and he's not you know he's not quick on his feet, and so if he's chasing some stretch fours out there, it's just not not a good situation. So I understand why he's much better fit at the five. Uh, Terrence Jones, what about him? If he slides into starting four, he's had some you know out of the blue breakout performances going against uh, the Bucks, a team you know that's still struggling. struggling. any consideration for terrence jones there's
2: consideration there he's he's put together back-to-back quality games um it's because he's actually hitting his shot i mean that's the big thing with terrence jones this year is he's just been shooting the ball horribly um but the last two games he went four for ten then he went eight for nine from the floor he only played 20 and 25 minutes in those games with howard out he'll get more run at forty seven hundred dollars he's good value he's also uh He's also one of those guys who's much better at home. Um, Not just this year, this year, historically, like Hmm. light years, better at home. Uh, This year, it's about four and a half fantasy points more at home than on the road. So this is the time to use him. You've got you've got a regular starter in front court out. Jones should get more minutes. We'll see. Is Josh Smith going to play tonight for the Rockets? I know he just got traded. I'm not sure. Did you see that? What? Josh Smith, he's he's on the Rockets now.
1: Oh, when would the, when did this happen?
2: Probably happened right before we started recording. Oh my goodness. I don't know That's if he'll his... be available tonight or if they they would even bother using him, but uh They used him well last Oh, man. Yeah. All I think why I brought it up because they did use him a lot last year. I just don't know if he'll actually be available tonight. So that's something to look at, too. Uh,
1: yes. In ex- uh, so Smith has been traded to the Rockets in exchange for draft rights to foreign players as well as cash. So that's essentially. Is that just all foreign players? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all the foreign players. Well, um, I mean, if you look at Smith's numbers last year, I mean, he played with the Rockets last year, of course, and he did get some run. He spent, was it, half the season with Detroit, half the season with Houston, a very rare scenario where he actually played in 83 regular season games last year. Um, Of course, it was combined with Detroit, 12 points, 6 rebounds, he averages 28 minutes Per night, I know more of that was with Detroit last year. Yeah. Um. But for Houston, I agree. He could be uh, an interesting play, no doubt. But probably not tonight. He, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be there. But keep an eye on him because undoubtedly his price will be cheap. Looking at this Dallas Mavericks team, who you just got to scope out in person, Dirk Nowitzki with his knee is considered questionable for Friday's game. I think he had a little bit of swelling uh, going up against the Thunder tonight, Friday. If he sits out, Dwight Powell or Charlie Villanueva, which one do you like better? Neither. Okay. I,
2: I, we saw it with Dwight Powell, was heavily owned on Wednesday night, uh, because Dirk sat. Mm-hmm. And I think he finished the game with one fantasy point or something. He really? It was really bad. It was really bad. He had bad. a
1: good start to a season. He surprised yeah, a lot yeah. of people. He was a sneaky value option, but not so much anymore. He's, he's had a couple good games. Um, like early in the year, he was, he was better. That was when, uh,
2: the Mavs front court was a little dinged up. He was getting more run off the bench. He's had a couple good outings with Dirk on times when Dirk's sat, but I, there's been outings like Wednesday where he's done nothing. Charlie V, that's just one of those things where if he comes in and hits a few shots in a row, he gets a little bit of extra run. And might, But that you can't expect that again. It's, it's Charlie V. Come on. <laughs> so I, it's not those two. It's actually guys like Darren Williams and Chandler Parsons, who I will target. Wes Matthews is another one. They're all really good values for, for what they can do in an individual game. And when you've got Dirk out, the usage rate for all of them is going to go up. We saw it on Wednesday with Chandler Parsons. Had his best game of the season
1: by points, far. Eight rebounds, two assists. Well, you were at that game, right? Mm-hmm.
2: He was great at that
1: game. Yeah. Absolutely so fantastic. It's, it's a... It's a good warning to send out there, and last night with the Spurs when Tony Parker was also a, a good one as well, just because a player is going to move into a position like Dwight Powell or Charlie V doesn't necessarily mean that the uptick in production is going to go to the player that slots in. Sometimes it's the existing players already in the starting five who take on more of a workload. Um, so we talked about Kemba Walker as an example of that. Chandler Parsons is a fantastic example of that. Tim Duncan, when Tony Parker is out, actually upticks his assists it's not necessarily patty mills who does that when he comes into the starting lineup um but do you expect another big performance here from parsons if nowitzki sits absolutely if i already like parsons regardless if
2: if dirk sits or plays but at 5600 on DraftKings, he's a must start if dirk sits
1: probably a very high uh ownership yeah, right tonight yeah. but that makes sense 5600 dollars uh great for sure Um, Coach Doc Rivers confirmed at Thursday's morning shoot around that Blake Griffin would miss uh, Friday's game against the Knicks so he's going to stay out as well now in the absence of Blake Griffin um, have you been targeting some Clippers that you haven't been namely J.J. Redick
2: no, it's you've seen JJ Reddick and Chris Paul. They've really they've really picked up their games. Those are two that I would say, and DeAndre Jordan to a lesser extent. Um, but Chris Paul has been on quite a run lately. He had another dominating game last night. JJ Reddick, he had forty points the other day. So there's there's been some really big. There's been some really big games out there for some of those guys, but there hasn't been. It's not like uh, Cole Aldrich. You know, he'll have a few right. games, but there's not there's not that obvious front court option that has stepped in and just assumed many of Blake Griffin's stats. So I haven't really, I haven't gone all in on any replacements in the Clippers front court. The backcourt guys just get a little bit more volume on offense, and, and I've liked them more without with, how, with uh, Griffin out.
1: What do you think about trading Griffin? Uh, there's been some talk. Bill Simmons threw out Blake Griffin for Chris Bosh and Justice Winslow. What do you think about that? I, mm. me and, and Whalen have talked a lot about this, mm. obviously off air. Um, I I love that trade for the Clippers getting Bosh and Winslow. I think that Bosh and Griffin are are pretty close and similar over the next two years. I think Bosh Bosh is one of the most underrated players. Over the last 10 years,
2: I think, in I'm general. Not, I'm not doing it. If I'm the Clippers, I'm actually trying—I would move Chris Paul. I would not move Blake Griffin. He is he is the key piece of the franchise for the next five, six years. So he's not the one I move. I'm looking to add younger pieces to play alongside Blake for the next five or six years, which we know Chris Paul's not playing another five or six years. Right. So I would rather try to get a younger piece to play with, uh, you know— basically take chris paul's place but not even this season it wouldn't be until it would maybe be in the off season
1: Okay, fair enough. Just to talk about it. Want to get your take. I I mean, it just seems kind of clear that the Clippers aren't necessarily going to win with the Griffin-Paul combination, and maybe they need to do something to change that. Everybody likes to pose some trades out there. That's going to do it for breaking
2: news. Actually, I'm going I'm to get another piece in here. Oladipo is now expected to play um, in Friday night's game against right. the Hornets. So he's missed the last couple contests with a sprained knee. Sounds like he's gonna be back. He practiced a little bit on Thursday and he's been cleared to play on Friday. I they haven't said he's officially playing, it's just he's expected to, so he's probable.
1: I love him in DFS, I always have. Um, but is he the type of player that you would you would run right away? You're not even concerned of him coming off an injury? I am concerned about it because of the way
2: he's been he's yo yoed out of the starting lineup. So, you know, it, I'm not sure that he's hundred percent yet. Um He's got to be close to it. Otherwise, they're not going to risk bringing him back. But at the same time, you've had him yo-yo in and out of the lineup. Maybe they only, maybe the cap is minutes tonight. They haven't made any announcements on that front. Um, we've seen Alfred Payton, who was, before that news hit, was one of my value picks for the evening. Alfred Payton's had a couple good games while, while while Oladipo sat on the bench the past two. So it's possible they keep Payton in the starting lineup for one more game until they know that Oladipo's ready to really be cut loose and and play 35 minutes
1: as you said Shannon Oladipo has missed the last two games but his five games before that absence, he was averaging 40 or 39 minutes on the court 20 points six rebounds four assists two steals half a block crushing it yeah absolutely crushing it so um, might be a scenario if he's back in there starting that he'll be underutilized I don't don't understand why they aren't starting both of those guys you got to start your two young guards Well, let's talk about this team I think that they have almost too much young talent on this team and they don't know what to his own is not even playing right it's like it's not it's not necessarily too much young talent it's too much um
2: decent decent young talent and okay. not enough uh they don't have enough like transcendent talent or they don't have that one they don't have anthony davis they don't have right you know they don't have towns there's just a lot of really nice pieces
1: well then so i I agree with you i think you're right you have like a lot of above average talent but not transcendent talent like you said so if that's the case who are you moving to get transcendent talent in the door and then you you know fill in whoever you want behind who if you're the gm of the orlando magic who are you putting on the trade block
2: out of this group the whole team. I, I think Aaron Gordon should have already been on the trade block. Yep. I don't think they should have signed hair re-signed Tobias Harris. Interesting. Um, I I just think the draft picks that they've made have like it you draft Mario. You draft Super Mario to take that spot. Like there's no reason to draft that guy and re-sign Tobias Harris. It doesn't make sense to me. But really, Oladipo might be the guy that I would trade. Just because really? he's older. He's uh-huh. older than the other guys. He's going to be coming off his rookie contract sooner than the other guys. And if you can get good talent in return for him, then yes. But the problem is I don't – you'd have to package two or three of these young guys in to get kind of that superstar level player. But
1: and I think that's okay. I think it, they I have think it, enough pieces where they could
2: do that. I, I just don't know who that superstar is that they would target that would play. You know, maybe if they – we. everyone always talks about DeMarcus Cousins because he possibly is on the block. But – what how does that help that team do they just become sacramento kings east yeah <laughs> which might be good enough to make playoffs i don't know about this year but
1: I, they're locked into vucevic and so cousins vucevic front court i'm not sure no i feel like
2: be... yeah vucevic would have to be part of the trade it's like okay do you want vuce Vuch and aaron gordon for cousins or
1: yeah maybe that would make sense yeah but i don't think it makes sense for the kings necessarily yeah and fournier actually playing well i don't want to say it hurts them because it doesn't hurt them but it only muddles the situation yeah. We have oladipo his tobias harris um i would like to see them make a move because this team isn't going to win any championships no no they have to make a move to
2: win one and what that move is i don't know yet i gotta look at it a little bit more closely fournier fournier is gone after this year too he's gonna be a free agent he already turned down a contract extension um I, I don't think he's back with the team next year, but even that the the situation's still muddied muddied with him or without him i mean there's yep. still too many pieces
1: yeah it's it's a weird very weird they have too many players but not seeing the wins um Shannon, we're going to transition to some Drafting DraftKings talk. We've already been talking about it. Of course, you too can be a part of all the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy basketball partner of RotoWire. All you have to do is go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code RotoHoops to play for free. That's DraftKings.com, the official partner of RotoWire. RotoHoops is the promo code. We'll break it down position by position. Where of course we're looking at DraftKings. We've we've talked about some of these play, but at point card you've got three players all in the five thousand dollar range but alfred payton at sixty two hundred dollars we can take him off the list we'll, we'll just take him off the list now that we have oladipo's news okay um,
2: unless oladipo's a last minute scratch or you know the basically if he gets changed from probable
1: to out then i like payton otherwise now that oladipo's back i'm not gonna play payton all right so we talked about jeremy lynn he makes sense if he's starting at shooting guard he's gonna see a lot of minutes at fifty one hundred dollars donald sloan what do you like in him tonight
2: He's only he's only five thousand, so that's it's the price tag that I like the most. And then if you just look at his production, he's been solid. He you know ever since he moved in the starting lineup, he's been good for the Nets. I'm not a big fan of his talent, but he's out there getting tons of tons of assists nine, twelve, six, nine over the past four games. He's hovered between the twenty five and thirty nine fantasy point total over those four games. I think it's going to probably be on the... You should expect on the lower end, 25 to 30 fantasy points. But 25 to 30 fantasy points at $5,000 price tag is pretty damn good. So I like him at that. The matchup's not the greatest. Um, it's kind of middle of the pack, Utah. It might not be a crazy high-scoring game. But he'll he'll get the dimes. He'll get you 20, 25, 30 fantasy points at $5,000. I think that's that's what you aim for. There's not many min price minimum price guys who are gonna who really jump out me tonight out at me tonight so i'm, I'm looking in the four or five thousand dollar range for those kind of values
1: yep and in season long leads if you're hurting with four assists anywhere head-to-head rotisserie he is your prime target averaging nine assists over his last four games i think you did mention that already shannon um shooting guard Monte Ellis at $6,800. Rodney Hood, I kind of forced you into that pick. I'm not sure if you love it or not at 6000 If you had to pick Ellis or Hood, which one would you prefer? I, if between the
2: two, it's Ellis if I can fix if I can fit his sixty eight hundred dollars in my lineup. Um, it's mainly because George Hill's out, so you're gonna see increased usage from him. He's golden, going up against Golden State. It's gonna be a high scoring game. He didn't fare well against the Warriors earlier this season. Um, I'm just expecting better results tonight because Hill's out and. And Alice has been playing pretty good. I think 6,800 is actually a little bit too steep for him. I would love him if he was five-six $600 cheaper. Uh, but there is there's plenty of upside with him uh, for tonight's game against the Warriors. For Hood, I, actually, I like Hood. I've been I u- didn't twist your arm? No, no. I like Hood. I've been using him a lot. I like him better on other sites where he's cheaper. 6000 is a little bit steep. Again, I expect. I would rather have him in that mid $5,000 range. Um, he's had a couple of really big fantasy games in the last couple of weeks. You know, He's hit 40 points twice. My problem is I've used him every time he doesn't hit 40 fantasy points.
1: so yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Stop no, doing that. Why, why wouldn't I pick him on those nights? What's wrong with me? Um, so you're not biting on J.J. Reddick, who has seemed to uptick in production with Griffin out. $5,700 the last three nights, 20 DraftKings points, 48, 33. Um, I think he's still going to have high ownership tonight.
2: He probably will. And, but it was likely, it's like you mentioned, he scored 40 points and only had 43 fantasy points or, you know, it's, it's like, he doesn't do anything else. He scores. You get, you get a bigger boost with him on DraftKings because you get that, that added three pointer. Yeah. So you get the three point um, bonus, but I'm still, I still hate that. He's so dependent on scoring. There's nothing else there. Uh, I just I don't expect it to last that much longer. Yeah, you know he's going to have a night where he goes one for ten, or or even like four for four for nine. Like it's just going to be a night where he's not lights out and he goes and he hits eight or nine three pointers. So I hate relying on those those guys who are just purely scores, purely three point shooters too because they're too streaky. It's too unpredictable. Um, I had someone someone down at the conference was actually. That's what we do. We just, we, we shoot the shit about, uh, D, uh, D, 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 S. starts a lot at the conferences. So w- one of the guys was arguing to me that Ryan Kelly was a good play on Wednesday night because he might hit four or five, three pointers.
1: I'm like, yeah, no, Ryan <laughs> Kelly. I can't do it. I won't do it. On DraftKings, if you know if you play on some other sites and you're coming over to DraftKings, you do get that 0.5 extra bonus. Um, So people like JJ Redick uh, on other sites, you know, he got 43 points uh, a couple nights ago, but again on DraftKings he got 48. And so it is, you know, Kyle Korver types, JJ Redick types do have a little more value on DraftKings than other places if you're playing, um, you know, if you're coming from a different site. Um, So you're not biting, and that makes sense because I wouldn't either. Yeah. I'm budding there.
2: Um, So for small forward, moving on to small forward, we talked about Parsons. I think Parsons is the play there. I'm probably going with him with or without Dirk, but with Dirk, he's absolutely going to be locked into my lineup. I'm not a big fan of some of the price tags for at the position. For some of the more expensive guys, I think if you go expensive, instead of going Paul George at 9000 I like Carmelo Anthony for, for 8300 I think the the $700 difference in price matters. Carmelo's coming off some a uh, couple really good games. He's been playing solid. Other than the games that he's he's missed some games, left a game early because of injury, but he's pretty much been a guaranteed 40 fantasy points. And at 8300 that's a good price for 40 fantasy points. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's gone down in price some. He does play the Lakers. Risk of a blowout, but he, he got over forty fancy points against the Lakers earlier this year yep. in, in like twenty-eight minutes. Um, Giannis, I always love Giannis. His his one-game upside is ridiculous. We've seen him go out there and top fifty fancy points. So, I mean, those are the more expensive options. They have some good matchups, but right now I'm going to go the cheaper route. I'm going to target Parsons, or I'm going to I'm going to target Trevor Ariza, who's only fifty-one hundred. Not playing all that great right now, but He's a proven player, and he's got a good matchup against Milwaukee. Their 29th worst team against small forwards on DraftKings.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, We have have kind of talked about some of these other picks, too, already. We'll still dive into it a little bit. Uh, Clint Capella at power forward. um, But looking at the other power forward options, you gave a nice breakdown on the small forwards. Um, If you want to do the same with power forward. Uh, I'm trying to look and pick anyone. So $5,600. You have to scroll down quite a bit to find Capella, and I think he arguably could have one of the better nights tonight if you're going to exclude the top guys like Draymond Green and Chris Bosh. Porzingis at $7,300 going against the Clippers. Again, they don't have Blake Griffin to to rough up young Porzingis. Porzingis, over his last few games, is getting you at least 29 points on DraftKings, which is is pretty solid for $7,300. But when you're spending low $7,000 range. What total do you think you need to get? Because I think you at least need to hit the 30 point benchmark when you're spending $7,000, right? I want a guy who can get 40. Okay.
2: So it's, it's tough for me. I, it's, I don't like targeting guys like Westbrook, um, Anthony Davis, some of those more expensive guys. I feel like when you do target them, you need them to get 50 or 60 points. So, (laughs) On the games when they don't like if they don't hit fifty or sixty points you're screwed even if yep. they get you forty points, so I like targeting guys who are you know would a bit better values seven thousand eight thousand dollar range where you're comfortable you think they're going you think they're going hit forty and maybe they have one of their better games of the year and get get over fifty points um, that's that's the route I usually go
1: yep same with me and i've especially on bigger slates, my strategy is always um, if your average player salaries you know sixty two hundred dollars then what i'm always trying to do is is stuff my lineup with as many six thousand dollar price guys as i can that have gotten you 40 DraftKings points and will in the future um you mitigate that with a couple sevens and a couple five thousand guys but i just try to pack my lineup with as many middle tier guys as possible you get you know if you get the majority of them break out and do something like that then you know they can reach up into that upper echelon but again like you said you go west Brick, he gets you thirty points. You're donezo
2: Yep, exactly. And I was like, the last time I used him uh was the game he got ejected. He had zero points. You know, <laughs> he, he had like nine rebounds and six assists or whatever, but got ejected in the second quarter. So, yeah, that that's what happens. The the few times when I do go and pick those high, the 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 most expensive players, I, I get screwed over. um So I'm with you. I like that. There's a, a couple other guys. Um, at power forward that, that are decent plays. I agree with you. Zingus is good. Um really Larry Larry Nance is probably sitting again tonight I think um,
1: yeah he's I think he's doubtful at this point right now mm-hmm. early Friday morning yeah he is doubtful right now so that means
2: extra minutes for Brandon Bass and Julius Randall of those two I like Randall more um, he's got 32 and 25 fantasy points past two games that Nance has sat uh, we've talked about the LA San Antonio matchup I don't like the matchup but Randall's still a decent value of 5600 if Nance sits uh, another guy Terry Jones we talked about him as well the matchup's really good it's at home he's only 4700 if you have the stomach for it he's he's a good play there's upside there and just you know Tons of risk
1: as well. Most definitely. Let's finish strong here, Shannon. At our center position, you briefly talked about Frank Kaminsky um, at four thousand eight hundred dollars. Of course, with uh, Al Jefferson out and Zeller out as well. Lots of lots of handles for him, or lots of touches to go around. Um, Sullinger is also in his price range. Cantor is in his price range. But out of those three options, you think Kaminsky has the opportunity for a better night if you're looking to save some money at the center spot? I do like Kaminsky a lot. I actually,
2: for whatever reason, on DraftKings, I almost always fill my uh, util spot with a center. Yeah? I, it feels like I always – because I, I think there's usually – every night there's a pretty good value center, and then there's somebody else who's matchup-based. Or maybe there's two value centers I really like, it is I play a lot of centers in the util spot Um, Kaminsky is my favorite value pick of the day but Sellinger's good I mean he's been he's been another guy who's been kind of yo-yoing out in and out of the starting lineup his minutes fluctuated I mean just this week 28 minutes and then 13 minutes the next so it's tough to really project him for Friday's game But he's played Chicago twice. Chicago, despite their vaunted front court, Paul Gasol and Todd Gibson and all these players they have in their crowded front court, they actually are horrible against. Like every other, every opposing front court dominates, at least from a fantasy perspective, and gets tons of fantasy points. He's played Chicago twice. He's averaging 37 fantasy points per game in only 26 minutes against them. So he is a good play. I like him. Cantor. Cantor's one of those guys who he, he didn't do well against Dallas earlier this year. 4,500, he's got 30, 40-point upside for any, any given game. Um, it's just there's a lot of risk because he'll go out there, have 10 points one night, and then have 40 fancy points
1: the next. So, yeah, talking about those three guys, I love Kaminsky. Uh, he's my bud. But if you're comparing him to Selinger or Cantor, the breakout potential is not there for for Kaminsky. And so I think he's going to see a lot of minutes tonight. At no point during his rookie season did he break out for 40 DraftKings points or anything like that. It's tonight. That's the thing. You like think so? It's, I it has to happen
2: at some point? I legitimately think it's tonight. He, the last four games, he's averaging about 27 fancy points. He's playing 25, 30, 25, 31 minutes. He's coming off 15 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. I think it's tonight. There's going to be... he's. 12 12 field goal attempts in three straight games. The attempts are going to be there tonight because because the Hornets are so short-handed. So I do I like him tonight. I like him more. I think this is going to be the game where maybe not forty fantasy points, but I think the
1: no, thirty-five. No, You're going to so stick places, with it. You were you were going. No, no. Oh, he
2: does have that upside. I
1: really do believe
2: he has that upside. And if he's going to do it tonight's as good a night as any.
1: You heard it here first. If They're, it doesn't happen, you didn't hear it at all. So I mentioned I always go with Util Senator
2: or center, Senator Senator. <laughs> um, and Kaminsky's that guy. At center, I actually have Rudy Gobert right now. I was just about to uh, ask you about that. Sixty-four hundred. He's got. He's he's really turned things on lately. A um, couple of really big games. He is a guy who can hit forty or fifty fantasy points, as he's done twice in the past three games. So I love him at sixty-four hundred. It's it's like. Other guys who have that kind of upside, they're all thousand dollars more expensive. So I will take the risk, even if I don't love the matchup. I'm kind of lukewarm on on the matchup against Brooklyn. I think it's a decent matchup, not great.
1: So I'll, I'll go, I'll roll, go bear out there yeah uh his price tag is still trying to catch up after missing so many games with his i believe it was a mcl injury so um we're at a point right now with gobert where uh get on it while it's hot because over the next couple weeks he's gonna bump up and be a seven thousand dollar player but as for tonight this friday he's only sixty four hundred dollars shannon that was a good breakdown of all our DraftKings questions parting question before we get out of here um some of us other guys on the slate have talked about this but i'm curious for you especially if you could have one item of sports memorabilia for your man cave which you have a you literally have a man cave now so it's not just figurative when me and nick talk about it what would it be it, it wasn't even for debate. Like, I've known this. I, I've read the
2: question, and when I initially read it, I said, Oh man, I'm going to have to think about this for a second. But, or for, for I was like, I'm going to think about this the entire show because there's so many different options. But I knew it right away, and it's always been the same. It's a Kelly Trapuca game worn jersey from his time with the Pistons. And also, if I could get his
1: mustache, like, you give me his early 80s mustache, um, that would be amazing. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit when I have no idea when uh when people bring up NBA players, Jack Stigma was one I had no idea. Um <laughs> I yeah, I just Google searched, butchered uh Tripuka's last name, but uh a little mullet action, a little must <laughs> He looks like he could have been on the Cast of Seinfeld. That's true. I agree. He does. And Trepucket, nobody knows like how how
2: good he actually was. So he spent he played a season with Detroit, uh Utah and and Charlotte in the 80s. He was one of the original Hornets when they first expanded and and when they first came into the nba um but when he was with detroit his second season he averaged 26 and a half points um if if any just go google kelly Trapuco, look at pictures of him and there's no way you'd think this is a guy who averaged 26 27 points in the nba um 6 220 of
1: awesomeness i like it mm-hmm. uh some of mine if you're curious uh A good one. Ron Artest, uh, stretched out Jersey from Malice at the palace where, you know, that would be amazing. That's a good one. Um, I also want a game worn. I have one, a Jersey, Kevin Durant, Seattle supersonics. I'd like a game worn of, of one of those. um, Otherwise, I'm still thinking about some other ones, but I like those two quite a bit. Those are good. Those are good. Those are good. All right, Chan, that's, that's going to do it for us here on this Friday NBA podcast for Rotowire. Any lasting words of wisdom to impart on the listeners if anybody's still listening at this point in the show? No. Fair enough. Thanks so much for joining. Have a great weekend. Monday, we'll be back with Josh Hayes and Benny Ricciardi.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?